The Tom Woods Show, episode 1804. Prepare to set fire to the index card of allowable opinion. Your daily dose of liberty education starts here. The Tom Woods Show. Hi, everybody. Tom Woods here. This is the last episode of 2020 of The Tom Woods Show. And I could do a review of 2020, but really, who would want that? That's not something anybody really wants. So rather than do some sort of systematic review of 2020, which would surely revolve around the same darn issue we've devoted so much time and attention to already this year, I thought instead I would just share a few closing thoughts as we bring this year to a close and move into the next year. I have a few things I'd like to say. This won't be the longest episode in the history of the Tom Woods Show, but a couple things I'd like to say have to do with what's coming up the beginning of 2021 on the Tom Woods Show. I think you're going to be pleased. First, the very first full week of 2021 will be Antony Samaroff week. Now, you know that I've done a number of weeks where I've taken one guest and we've done a deep dive into that person's thinking. So we'll devote a whole week to that person's thought. So Bob Murphy, for example, the great economist and libertarian theorist, Walter Block, the most prolific academic libertarian maybe ever, well, certainly in league with Rothbard in terms of sheer output, I would say. And of course, he was he's focused primarily on peer-reviewed journals, and he's got over 600 publications. It's unbelievable. So naturally, there's plenty of material there. So we did one with uh, Brian McClanahan and Kevin Gutzman and a whole bunch of others, Michael Malice, Dave Smith. So Anthony Samaroff is somebody you may not be as familiar with. The longtime listeners will know him. He is the host of the Scottish Liberty podcast and a very, very smart and versatile guy who is underrated, in my opinion, and who can comment on a lot of things and has some very interesting thoughts. So I thought, why not? Let's let's put the spotlight on good old Anthony Samaroff. So that's the first thing. Another thing I want you to know about is the very next episode of The Tom Woods Show, after this one, is going to be a debate, more of a discussion than a debate, but between people who do disagree on the proper public health response to the virus. And the debate takes place between Martin Koldorf, who's been a guest on this program before, you know him from Harvard Medical School, one of the signers of the Great Barrington Declaration, and opposite him will be Dr. Eric Topol, who's a professor of molecular medicine at Scripps Research and one of the top 10 cited medical researchers. And they're going to talk about what the correct approach should be. Dr. Koldorf takes the position that we should have focused protection of the elderly and the vulnerable. And Dr. Topol takes the opinion that we need to protect everybody. Obviously, there's a little bit more nuance than that, but you'll hear them unpack it. And what's interesting about this debate, which I've already concluded, is that it's really cordial, that they both understand that the other one is just as smart and just as credentialed, and they have a respect for each other. They had not met before. They had not communicated really before. And at the end, they're quite cordial, as I say. They're, they're you know, almost friendly, I would say. There's no nastiness. It's an extremely substantive debate. I think you're going to be very pleased with it. And I think it's fair to say that both sides raised some serious points, some points that really deserve consideration. So I'm glad to have been able to be a part of that and make that happen, to have people on opposing sides of this 
be able to speak in a civil way, in a productive way for the general public to listen in on, well, that's a great thing. So that's also coming. And then finally, one other thing I want you to know about, there's a fellow out there, yeah, what's the harm in mentioning his name, Chris Ferrara. Some of you may know about the book Chris and I wrote a long time ago called The Great Facade about the Second Vatican Council. Now, this is inside baseball for a lot of people, but it was trying to make sense of that council and how you can be a sane Catholic and not, quote unquote, reject the council, but make sense of what on earth happened. And I think the framework we outline in that book is the best way to stay sane in the face of all that. Well, anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is, Chris and I were collaborators and friends for quite a while. And then we had a falling out that was somewhat public and got nasty from time to time. We were writing in various publications, taking shots at each other's positions, but it was nastier than that sounds. And I'm not super pleased with the way I necessarily handled myself in the whole thing. It's not my shining moment, let's say. But this is before almost anybody listening to this would even have heard of me. This is almost like a different part of my life. But the point is, things became very unpleasant between Chris and me. Chris is the um, chief counsel for what was, at that time, the American Catholic Lawyers Association. It has a new name now. He's a very, very smart, brilliant guy, outstanding writer. But after a while, we simply stopped speaking to each other. And I think it's been probably 12 years since we've last spoken. Maybe it's been even longer than that. And then because of the craziness this year, we kind of, it's hard to really say who reached out to the other one because I recorded an episode of this podcast in which I praised Chris's work because he argued that case in New York saying that you can't limit religious observances to X number of people when nothing else is limited in that way. Why would other gatherings be allowed to be larger than these? Obviously, you can't do that. And in the course of doing that, he was smashing the whole COVID narrative. So I did an episode of the podcast reviewing that. So that was me in a way kind of extending an olive branch. And then he wrote to me to thank me for that. And then we said, you know, geez, the, the life's too short for this feud between us to be going on, especially when we obviously are on the same side of the most important issue right now. So I'm going to have him on the show in the new year, in January sometime. Chris Ferraro will be on the show. And although we've emailed, we have not literally spoken. So the first words that he and I will exchange, that we'll have exchanged for, well, I guess, 12, at least 12 years, will take place on the Tom Wood Show. And that makes me happy. Even though this was the year of COVID, I did a lot of traveling this year. I did a lot more traveling than most people would do under these circumstances. Before the craziness hit, I went to London and New York City. I was in New York just as things were starting to heat up and people were getting nervous and the numbers were starting to climb. And I was just getting out of there at that time. I had no idea what was about to hit us. So I saw some of the last... Broadway performances. I had a wonderful meal with Gene Epstein and his wife. It was a great, great trip, and I'll cherish it really for a long, long time because that is my connection to the old world. 
And then in London, I got to have a very nice meal with Dominic Frisbee, whom I've had on the show several times. He's a well-known humorist over there. Not just a humorist, he's a million things. And another brilliant guy and who's been outstanding on this issue also. And so to be able to meet him was fantastic. Over the course of the year, I got to know Mark Skousen even better. Now, Mark Skousen runs Freedom Fest, which is the huge libertarian event that's held in Las Vegas every year. And I've known him because I've spoken at Freedom Fest before. We've always gotten along fine. And I've read a good amount of his writing. And I like him personally. But we really, really got to know each other this year. We had a dinner uh, a few months ago. We went to my favorite restaurant in Orlando, which is Chatham's Place. It is so good. So, so good. And we talked for three hours and 15 minutes nonstop didn't look at a watch or a phone the entire time. And I realized, oh my gosh, I had no idea this much time went by. So that's been great, cultivating that friendship. And this year, uh, and when I say this year, I mean 2021, they've decided that Las Vegas is just too unreliable because of the governor. You don't know what kind of event you'll be able to hold and what the restrictions are. And so they wound up pulling the rug out from under Freedom Fest in 2020 in a way that's just unconscionable. I think Mark probably lost several hundred thousand dollars. It's unbelievable what they did to them. And Mark was willing to accommodate them and meet them, not just meet them halfway, really uh, accommodate them in every way. And it couldn't take place this year and it was terrible. So he's decided that for at least this one year, he's going to have Freedom Fest in South Dakota because he knows he can have his event the way he wants it. And in a way, in order to uh, thank South Dakota for staying normal, and I believe Christy Nome is going to be speaking at Freedom Fest next year. That's July. So I believe the website is freedomfest.com. And there's going to be a Tom Woods Day at Freedom Fest this year. And that's going to consist of a number of things. I'll probably be speaking. I'm going to be the judge at their mock trial. And so it may, it may be another... Originally, there were, I was going to be the judge at a mock trial on the lockdowns. That may still be the case because we're still going to be talking about that. That's still a controversy. That's part of Tom Wood's day. But then there'll be several panels where I'm going to pick the topics and the panelists. So this is great. So yeah, you can bet all Woods here will be at Freedom Fest. They're not going to have Tom Wood's day without Tom Woods. So that's great. And I'm glad that's happening. And I'm very glad I've really been able to cultivate my friendship with Mark over the course of the year. So anyway, I did lots of traveling. I did go to London and New York, but then it pretty much stopped because nobody knew what was going on in March or April. And even if you did go somewhere, there was nothing to do. But then Georgia opened up. And as soon as they opened up, I said, we're going. I'm going to eat in a restaurant like a human being. And so we ate at Morton's, the steakhouse in Atlanta. And I love Morton's anyway. Even though it's a chain, it's a high, high-end chain. And you do not have a bad meal at Morton's. Oh, it's so great. Numerous times have I taken Michael Malice for a nice uh, meal at Morton's. And we've just got a huge array of food on that table. And it's delicious. And oh, So to go there and sit among the few brave people who defied everything and said, yeah, I'm going out for dinner. That was great. I just needed to go somewhere. So 
Georgia was nice to see it opening up. I mean, of course, not fully open. There were a lot of things closed, but there was some life starting to peek out from around the corner here and there. And you could see it. You could see there were people who wanted to interact with other people again, already in late April, early May. And that was encouraging to me. So that was an enjoyable trip. Then we went in mid-May to Dallas because Texas was opening up a bit. Uh, Not as much, but it was still something. Uh, We went to a drive-in movie, which is, I think, only the second or third time I've ever done that. And we got to visit the great Eric July. Now, again, if you're a longtime listener, of course you know who Eric July is. He's not only is he the front man for the the metal band Backwards, which has had uh, great success, but he is an amazing libertarian content creator, and uh, he's on the Blaze now, and he was the MC for my 1,000th episode event in Orlando. So we went to one of those. Um, we went to Fogo de Chao, the uh, Brazilian steakhouse, which is also a chain, but again, a really, really, really good chain. And they didn't have the buffet anymore they would bring you buffet items to your table and you could choose which ones you wanted. In Orlando, at least, I don't know if they've changed that, but in Orlando, you got the buffet. You can go and get your food. There's some hand sanitizer before you enter and the buffet, they make clear that it's a one-way thing, but that's no big problem. It should be one way. Otherwise, you're getting in my way. Get out of the way. Let's all move in the same direction. But anyway, I just needed to go out and I love traveling. That's the thing I do. And I wanted to have interactions that a human being has. I wanted to get out and see and do things. So had a chance to do that. Went to Las Vegas twice and spent some time in the casinos. All the shows were shut down the first time. But by November, some of them had reopened. So I did, for example, get to see David Copperfield, whom I had seen when I was a 10-year-old boy. And he's just fantastic. He's really just, he's outstanding. So some... Excellent times were had there. Visited South Dakota, got to see what South Dakota was like. A lot of masks, not universal, but a lot of masks and some occupancy restrictions in restaurants, but not imposed by the state. And it was a it was a neat place to go. I mean, I I, you know, maybe you think it's silly of me as a libertarian, but I I did enjoy seeing Mount Rushmore. I actually liked that. And we did do a lot of the sightseeing. We did some hiking, which I had never really done before. So that was a very, very worthwhile trip. Did a similar one to Wyoming. I'm not really an outdoorsy kind of guy, but that's the kind of activities that were really available to us at the time. So we said, what the heck? And plus, I'd never been to South Dakota or Wyoming, so I'm going to cross those off my list. I have only Hawaii and Oregon left, and I will have visited all 50. Hey, everybody, let's take a quick minute to improve your life by reminding you about my old friend John Bush, whom I've known since the first Ron Paul presidential campaign. He's been a guest on the Tom Woods Show several times. We did a whole episode on Kratom, which is a natural remedy that's helped a lot of people with chronic pain, stress, and anxiety, energy, and focus, even overcoming addiction. You can hear the full interview I did with John on this at tomwoods.com slash Kratom. Well, apparently, after that interview, he had a pretty big surge in sales from listeners. We've had a lot of people reporting they've had profound results with it, people saying they feel better than they've felt in years. I just got an email from somebody saying he used to drink every single night just to be able to get to sleep. He doesn't have to do that anymore now that he's using Kratom instead. And it can have great results like this for you too, but you won't know until you try it. And John's making it really easy to do that because he's giving you some for free. 
He put together an offer you can find along with our interview over at tomwoods.com slash kratom. All you have to do is pay for shipping and he'll send you an ounce to try free of charge. So if you want to see what all the fuss is about, head on over to tomwoods.com slash kratom, listen to the interview and take advantage of his free offer. That's tomwoods.com slash kratom, K-R-A-T-O-M. Over the summer, I keynoted Porkfest. Again, all you newbies who are listening here, Porkfest is the Porcupine Freedom Festival put on by the Free State Project in New Hampshire. And it's a wonderful event. A lot of people camp there. Uh, I, my camping days ended when I was a, a little kid. and uh, no, no more camping for old woods here. So I stayed at not just like the local motel, but I stayed at a nice hotel about 15 minutes away because I am a wimp and that's what I need my comfortable bed at the end of the day. But it's a really great experience. I met a lot of nice people, uh, big supporters of mine as it turns out. So that was very nice. And I don't know how to describe Porkfest to you other than it's people engaging in voluntary transactions and who love our ideas, who love to read, they're nerds. They make things, they sell things, they buy things, they find ways to, well, live free in an unfree world. So depending on my schedule, I hope to be able to attend again next year. It was just such a great time and I saw so many folks I haven't seen in a while, made a lot of new friends, wonderful. During all this, you know, I have daughters, no sons, at least at this point in my life, I have daughters and um, I wanted them to have as normal a life as possible during these crazy times. It reminded me of that movie, Life is Beautiful. Now, I never saw it, but my understanding is that it takes place during the period of Italian fascism. And rather than make the kids, you know, rather than rub their noses in the fact that they're living under a, let's say, a huh, undesirable regime, to put it mildly, they would instead pretend that it was all a game somehow and, 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 laugh it off and, and in that way, allow the kids still to have an innocent childhood without having to face the harsh reality that surrounded them. And so likewise, I've been trying to expose my kids to normality as much as possible. And that's been made much, much easier by the fact that I live in Florida and Governor Ron DeSantis, after some initial missteps, has been absolutely outstanding. I've seen two plays in the past few months here in Florida. I have uh, tickets to see. I'm going to see Rob Schneider do stand-up comedy. You know, Rob Schneider from Saturday Night Live and from the movies and stuff. And he's got a Netflix special right now. He was a guest on the Tom Woods show not too long ago. And so I'm going to go see him. I've got uh, concert tickets coming up, uh, classical and rock music in March. So I have a lot of great, wonderful things to look forward to. And my kids can have experiences like this too. And it doesn't seem quite as dystopian. And that's important to me. I want them to be as little scarred by this as possible. Now, another thing that I, I guess I want to mention, I, this may be actually be the last thing that occurs to me. This year, my mailing list doubled in less than half a year. Now, you know, I talk a lot about the importance of an email list and you know, we, we joke about the free eBooks I give away to get people on my list and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm always producing new ones and, you know, and each one gets a number of additional people on the list. Nothing has come anywhere near reporting on the virus in terms of building my mailing list. 
I had no idea that there would be that many people who were interested in it who didn't even want a free ebook. I get people writing to me, I don't know how they find my email address, and they say, put me on your newsletter list. They don't even, they don't even care about a free ebook. They, just, they want to get the emails because they've heard how good they are. And that has really stunned me. And of course, that makes me happy. Believe me, I would much rather have an email list half as large and normal life restored. That should go without saying. But that's been very interesting to me because it had seemed to me that building an email list was a very slow, difficult slog. But I now realize there are tricks to, to accelerating it. So I've learned something about marketing in the course of this. But yeah, I now have a pretty substantial audience of people who open those emails every day. And that sure makes me happy because I more people who read those things, the better. I'm trying to spread what I believe to be the correct information about what's going on with the virus and how we should be responding. And the more people I can reach, the better. And I'm just blown away. A, the doubling of an email list in under six months is unheard of. So this, this has got people curious and thirsty for information because they don't know where to turn to find it. They know they can't rely on the local newspaper or something. Forget that. Where do they get information? And they feel like I'm consistently putting out good information. And I'm very rarely the originator of the information. I'm, I'm very rarely the one actually creating the charts and the graphs that I sometimes send out. I'm just uh, the messenger sending it along. This is what I found. I want you to see it. So if you're not on it yet, I urge you to do that. And a good way to do it is to go to tomwoods.com slash corona because that will not only put you on the list, but it will send you my resource list of, let's say, Twitter accounts and websites that you might want to follow if you want to stay up on what's really going on. And I think that's very, very valuable. So uh, more than an ebook, just that list of resources that are valuable to me. Now, of course, I know you'll look at that and people can always find more things I could have added. I could have made it much, much longer, but then I actually think it would have been less useful to people because it would be so overwhelming. Where do you start? It's a one-page resource list that I think will do you some good. So that's at tomwoods.com slash corona. And so finally, I want to end this year by saying a big thank you to everybody who's been listening, who's been writing to me with kind words. I have gotten to the point where I'm so overwhelmed by the sheer volume of email I'm receiving that it is actually impossible for me to answer everybody. I can barely answer my own friends. But I do appreciate the kind words and the encouragement and the support. I am grateful to those of you who listen to The Tom Woods Show and tell your friends about it and help me get the word out about it through social media, whatever uh, means you have. I'm very grateful to you for that. And finally, an extra special word of thanks to the Tom Woods Show elite, to my supporting listeners, to the folks who help this show keep on going. And I've tried to give you folks something special, uh, not just with the private group that we have that I've moved off Facebook onto MeWe, uh, not just that, not just the books and the courses and the discount codes and all the stuff that I give away to my supporters, but also things like the house event that I had in October, where I said to people in my private group, you can come over to my house and we're going to hang out together like normal people. And we're going to have Eric July and Mark Skousen and a bunch of 
great people there, and we're going to stuff our faces with great food and just enjoy each other's company. We had a wonderful time. I, I can't imagine I would be contradicted on that by anybody. So I'm hoping to do another one of those events in March. Didn't cost anybody anything. I paid for the food. I paid for everything. I just feel like, you know, I can't help all the libertarians in the world, but I can put on a nice event for my supporters, for the people who have done so much for me. I'm going to return the favor by getting us all together, having you all meet each other, and just live like normal people for that one day. So I'm planning to do that again. I'm hoping to do it sometime in March. So if you haven't become a supporting listener of The Tom Woods Show, well, as you move into 2021, I hope you'll consider doing that. I can't imagine you're going to regret that decision. You're going to be very glad to be in that group. And as I say, there are unadvertised bonuses that go along with being a supporting listener of The Tom Woods Show that include things like the occasional event at my house. And then when I have the 2000th episode live event in Orlando in October, I'm just about ready to announce a firm date for that. I'm going to have a special uh, open bar reception just for my supporters, just for the people in that program. That Again, that's an unannounced bonus that is not listed at supportinglisteners.com. So go over there, go to supportinglisteners.com if you've liked and appreciated what I've done in 2020. Please do that. And I look forward to talking to you again in 2021. Thanks so much, everybody. Become a smarter libertarian in just 30 minutes a day. Visit TomWoods.com to subscribe to the show for free, and we'll see you next time. Like the sound of The Tom Woods Show? My audio production is provided by Podsworth Media. Check them out at Podsworth.com.